Uh, it is so great to be home, and uh, we love Nigeria. If you can believe it, you know, we've been here as a part of the church, and the church has been a part of us, supporting us. We've been there for over 14 years now, which is really kind of hard to believe. And we love Nigeria, and we love the Nigerian people, and we're doing great over there. And, you know, sometimes on the Internet or the newspapers or, or television, you hear about trouble in Nigeria. Do pray for us. We need your prayers. But we're exactly where God wants us to be, and we're representing you over in Nigeria, West Africa. We're representing Jesus, and we're so grateful for to you for praying for us and for supporting us for this whole time and even for coming to see us several times. Now, my family's here this morning, so first of all, um, Miriam, my gorgeous wife, gorgeous on the outside and inside. Yes, do you want to stand up? Oh, yeah, see, very gorgeous. Anyway, um, Miriam has her own ministry in Nigeria. She teaches in the Christian school She's the Bible teacher there at the middle school, and she does a great job. And then she also helps me with all of my stuff. And then she also helps us with our kids. And um, she is an amazing ministry partner and wife. And my kids are here today, so my kids are kind of scattered. Kids, why don't you um, stand up, my four kids, so and then kind of turn around so people can see. You can see that they're growing quite a bit. Uh, maybe especially Hunter has really gotten a lot taller, so they're growing. You, you all can sit down. They're growing physically, but they're also growing spiritually. And all of them have come to know the Lord, and all of them are growing in the Lord, and they seek to want to serve the Lord, and we're so proud of them. And you know, in the trouble that's happened in Nigeria, do you know that our kids never once said, are we going to leave, or should we leave, or let's leave? And it's really, really a testimony uh, to them and the Lord, and more to my wife than it is to me. But we want you to know that we are your missionaries in Nigeria, and we're doing great. And we appreciate you very, very much. And today I want to tell you some stories about Nigeria, but before we get into the stories... I want to bring a message of challenge from the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. If you don't have your Bibles, you can find the text on the overhead. Matthew chapter 9, starting in verse 35, a message of challenge to us this morning from the Lord. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. 
And so just before we dig in, let's pray. Lord, we love you. As we're gathered in your name, we recognize that we're in your presence and and even singing those songs. And holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. We're amazed that we can be in your presence. Lord, open our hearts and open our minds that we might be used of you to reach those around us. We need you so much. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus. It's all about Jesus. The reason that we're here this morning is because of Jesus. The reason that there is a fellowship Bible is because of Jesus. The reason that you've sent us to Nigeria is because of Jesus. And and if there's one thing in my life that I'm not going to give up, and I think you feel the same way, it's Jesus. And we so want those around us to come to know Jesus. But if we're honest, sometimes it's a little bit difficult to tell them about Jesus. It kind of seems like maybe they're not as interested, but the Lord is preparing the hearts of those around you. He wants us all to reach to them that one day we would be with the Lord, that we might hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, that those around us might be there with us. Next slide. To also hear that. And to be there with us. And so let's look at the example of Jesus because it's all about Jesus. And maybe he can show us a way that it's a little bit easier to reach them that we might all be there together with them. So let's look back to the text. In Matthew chapter 9, first in verse 35 Jesus went through all the towns and villages. Now, Jesus is our example. And Jesus went out to the people, into the towns and the villages. So this is our first point. We need to go, okay? So this morning, we're going to be using our fingers because I want you to remember what we're talking about. So I want you to get out your fingers, get out your pointers. All right, get them out. All right, get, make sure they're loosened up a little bit like that, okay? And now what we're going to do is we're going to point, we're going to talk about going, and you know what? It's always easier to tell somebody else to go than for us to go ourselves. So I want everybody to point to me and tell me to go. So point at me and tell me to go, go, louder, go, louder, go. Okay, all right, I'll go, I'll go. All right, all right, yeah, okay, now also... Let's tell the pastoral staff to go. I see some pastoral staff here, and I think they should go too. So let's point at them, and let's tell them to go. Go! 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 And that's right. I should go, and there's some that should go to places like Nigeria, Nicaragua, and other places like that. And these guys should definitely go, but the truth is someone taught you this. When you're pointing at somebody else, 
You have three fingers pointing back at yourself. Aha, I tricked you. You see that? So we too need to go. And that is the way of Jesus. He wants some of us to be going overseas. And he wants some of us to be the pastoral staff. But he wants all of us to reach to those around us. And he's preparing the hearts of a few people right around us, and he wants us to go. Now, I know sometimes it seems a little scary. It seems like the people around us are not very open and interested. I grew up in Connecticut, actually in a place called Greenwich, Connecticut, which was the richest town in the country because people lived there and they owned businesses in New York and they'd be in New York and then they'd come back. And we had a lot of money, but there was this guy I knew, his name was John. John had tons of money. His family had tons of money. They had houses around the world. And everyone was sure John has so much, there's no way he's going to respond to the gospel. These houses were on television. They had this show called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, and his houses were on television. And then they had these championship racehorses. And they used to go to see that they were on television too. Sometimes John and his family would fly in a helicopter just to go see the horse races. One time, this is a true story, they got in a plane and they flew to Canada just to watch Secretariat race, and then they flew back. And they had this mansion backed by Donald Trump. And they had servants. And they had tennis courts and pools. And John had a treehouse. This is also a true story. John's father hired a builder to come and build a treehouse for John. And so it's up in the trees. And it's fully insulated with Anderson windows. It's got wall-to-wall carpeting. It's got beds in there. And it's got electricity. And it's got a wraparound staircase to, the, to a deck on top. That is a true story. And everyone is thinking, look, there is no way that John is going to respond to the gospel. But somebody took a chance. And they shared the gospel with John. And John received Jesus. And his whole family came to know the Lord. And John is still walking with the Lord today. So when you look around and it seems like people are not interested, you don't know because God is working in the hearts of those around you. He's preparing them for you and he wants you to go. That's the first point. Second point, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Again, it's the example of Jesus. He wants us to go, and then the twofold ministry of Jesus, he tells us in several other passages when he's sending out the disciples the same thing preaching, teaching, and healing. Twofold ministry. So the preaching and the teaching is to tell. And then the healing is to touch. And it's interesting because if you just tell without touching, it's not very effective because you're not following the example of Jesus. And if we just touch but we're not telling, it's not very effective because we're not following the example of Jesus. He wants us to go and then he wants us to tell and touch. Now for this one, again, remember we're using our fingers. 
So what I want you to do is I want you to take your fingers and I want you to touch your lips. I know you don't want to do it, but go ahead and do it. Obey the missionary and touch your lips. You see, we have to use this thing. We have to use our mouth to tell people, okay? So we're going to tell them about what our life was like before Jesus. We're going to tell people about how we came to know Jesus. We're going to tell people about what our lives are like after Jesus. We're going to tell people about Fellowship Bible. We're going to tell people about the different things that we're doing in the missionaries and the crazy missionary from Nigeria that was telling us to touch our lips. And we're going to tell them, we're going to get them a book or we're going to get them a tract. We're going to talk about Jesus. Somehow we're going to use this and we're going to tell. Now that's the first one there, tell and touch. Now on this one, I want you to put your hands out because we are going to touch people's lives. Now I know you're busy doing a lot of great things in life, but we're going to slow down a little bit and we're going to reach out and touch people. We're going to care about them. We're going to get involved into their lives. And so to illustrate this, I want you to actually touch the shoulders of the person in front of you. Now, if there's no one in front of you, I want you to touch the person next to you. So go ahead and touch, touch. Now, I can tell some of you are hesitant, all right? So on the count of three, I want you to touch the person in front of you like you really mean it. Ready? One, two, I did not say three. Are you touching before I gave you permission? This is a wild section over here, folks. Okay, I'm just kidding. Ready? One, two, three, touch. All right. <laughs> so first we're going to go, do that with me, go, tell, and touch. Go, tell, and touch. Following the example of Jesus, we're going to go, tell, and touch. Then the next part of the scripture, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When Jesus sees the crowds, he sees where they're really at. Now, everyone, you're looking really good to me. You know, this morning you got up and you got your clothes on and you primped yourself and everything and you're looking really good. And the people around you are looking really, really good. But you see, Jesus sees where people are really at. He sees that they need him. They need a shepherd. They're harassed and they're helpless. They're going through hard times and they need Jesus and he sees it. He sees beyond the facade to what's really going on in people's hearts and it makes his heart go out to them and he has compassion and we need the eyes of Jesus. I remember this with my friend John. His uncles and godfathers were worth fortunes hundreds of millions of dollars and they all looked so good but they had marital problems their kids were on drugs one of them OD'd they were not happy and, and the truth is is that those around you here they look so good but they're harassed and they're helpless and they need Jesus 
as their shepherd. That's what they really, really need in their lives. And so what we need is we need the eyes of Jesus to see that they're having marital problems and their kids are kind of messed up and they're struggling and they have financial troubles and maybe they're out of work and maybe they have a loved one who has cancer and they're struggling and they need us to see them with the compassion of Jesus. And probably the truth is, look, in this room, we're struggling. And in this room, we're feeling harassed and helpless. And the Lord has had compassion on us. We need to have that same compassion. On this one, we're going to touch our heart like this. And actually, uh, this is from the heart, the compassion from the heart. This is what we do in Nigeria. When we shake hands, we touch our heart. It's a way of saying, I really care. It's from the heart. So first, we're going to go tell and touch from the heart. Do it again. Go tell and touch from the heart. Now, the last part of this scripture is actually the most important part. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You see, it's the Lord's harvest. It says the Lord's harvest, his harvest. The Lord is preparing the hearts of those around us. And there's a few, not the crowds, not the multitudes that he wants us to reach. There's a few around us that he is preparing. And he wants us to go tell and touch from the heart. And so what he tells us, this is really the key right here. He says, first, pray that the Lord of the harvest, pray. The harvest is made up of people. We need to pray for people. This is the key. We pray for people. So do this with me. Everybody get out your little prayer hands, okay? We pray for people. Remember, Here's the church, here's the steeple, where are the people? Something I never really knew that one too well. But anyway, you can see there are the people right there. Okay? So we need to pray for people. Pray for people. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will bring forth labors, that these people will get a gospel witness. Guess what happens when you start praying for those around you? You start praying, Lord, bring them the gospel bring them the gospel, all of a sudden you start seeing them the way that Jesus sees them. You see that all the fancy clothes and everything is not what's really going on. You see and you start to get a compassion. And then all of a sudden as you're praying for the people and you're feeling compassion for them and God starts to show you and he prompts you, all of a sudden it's easier to go tell and touch from the heart. You see, when we start with praying for people, the Lord works in our hearts, and before you know it, he uses us to go and reach them, and it's much easier to go tell and touch from the heart. If you look earlier in this chapter, Matthew chapter 9, later on in your quiet time, go look at Matthew 9 before these verses, because in the verses here, it's about the crowd, it's about the harvest. Before this, in, in Matthew chapter 9, it's all about people. It's all about individuals 
that need Jesus because it's individuals that need Jesus as their shepherd that make up this harvest. And as we pray for them, the Lord begins to touch our hearts and then we go tell and touch from the heart. I have one assignment for you today. If you uh, look inside your bulletin, you'll see on the one side, it says, pray for people, go tell and touch from the heart, because I want you to have this so you'll remember it, keep it in your Bible, and it has the scriptural reference. And then on the other side, it says, make a Jesus list. Okay, this is the only assignment that I have for you, is that when you go home today, you get a little time alone with the Lord in your Bible, and then you start asking the Lord, Lord, who needs you? Who needs you as their great shepherd, Lord? And then you start writing down some family names of the people in your family that really need the Lord, your friends, your neighbors, those you work with, you go to school with, those you come in contact with, those from overseas, others. And the Lord will begin to prompt you and you'll see family and friends and neighbors, and then all of a sudden, that person in the convenience store that we see, or that other person that we see, the Lord will begin to add. You'll add names to this. You begin to pray for them. Lord, pray that these people would get the gospel, and you think about them more, and you pray for them, and all of a sudden, the Lord touches your heart. And then he uses you to go tell and touch from the heart. Let me tell you a little bit about Nigeria and some of the things that are going on um, next slide, and then after that, you've sent us, you're there with us, and this is what we do. We pray for people, and then we go tell and touch from the heart. And there are a lot of Muslims in Nigeria. I think you know about that. That's what you're reading about. And it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to reach to the Muslims, and the Lord is doing an amazing work in the hearts of the Muslim people. Many, many hundreds of Muslims coming to faith just in our ministry alone. Let me just tell you this one quick story. This missionary who works with us was in Nigeria, and he was there, and he went out to this remote place, and, and this Muslim man, about 30 years old, came up to him, and he said, excuse me, do you know anything about Jesus? And the missionary said, well, yes, I know a lot about Jesus. Why do you ask? And he said, well... Jesus has come to me in my dream several times and he told me that he was going to send somebody to come and, and tell me about him. Did Jesus send you to come and tell me? And so he was able to share Christ with him and to lead this Muslim man to the Lord. And, and that man alone, just in the last about a year and a half, has led several hundred Muslims to the Lord. He's led chiefs to the Lord and their people, and then when the radical Muslims came to persecute them, he led the radical chief and his radical people to the Lord. And the Lord is doing an amazing work in the Muslim people, and we are seeing so many of the Muslims come to Christ. But the problem is, until they become believers, they cause problems. And so you can see, next slide, uh, sometimes these are the things that you read about. They attack churches, they kill pastors, they burn them down. So you need to pray for the Muslim people, but you also need to pray for your Nigerian brothers and sisters that they will pray for the Muslims, that they'll pray for the Muslims so that they'll have the heart to go tell and touch from the heart because our brothers and sisters are upset with what the Muslims are doing, which you can understand, and sometimes they want to attack them back.
So pray that they will pray for the Muslims and that they will reach to the Muslim. We actually also had uh, even some bombings in our town uh, recently. Uh, and unfortunately, there's some terrorist activity in Nigeria. When you come to visit us on a short-term trip, we're not going to go to those terrorist areas. You don't have to worry about that. But you do need to pray for the Muslims that they come to faith and for the Nigerians that they'll reach out to the Muslims and do pray for us because actually it's very hard. What's happening is so many missionaries are leaving, including our accountability partners, including our ministry partners, including our friends, including, in many cases, our children's best friends are leaving in Nigeria. And we feel called there for several more years, and so it's very difficult. We ask that you would also pray for us. But ministry in Nigeria is amazing. We are in several different cities. We're doing more than a thousand urban outreaches every year. We're also into the rural areas where we have evangelistic film. Next slide. That's a picture of the Jesus film, but actually we have about 50 different films that we use, and we're doing more than 600 evangelistic film outreaches every year. As a matter of fact, through some donations, we were able to double our film equipment. Probably this next year, we're going to do more than 1,000 evangelistic film outreaches in the year. It's just amazing. Uh, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of people getting the gospel in their heart language. We're also in the prison. This is a picture of prisoners being set free in Jesus. The one before that was G uh, prisoners being set free. Of course, they're still in prison, but they're being set free in Jesus. We're also a part of dozens of church plants. And uh, next slide, you'll see people coming to know the Lord. We see people every single week coming to know Jesus in the ministry, which is such a blessing. The harvest is so ripe and so ready, and it's just amazing to see that. And we're also training indigenous Nigerian pastors and missionaries in evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. If you can imagine this, just in the last couple of years, we've been able to train more than 3,000 Nigerian missionaries and pastors. So what's amazing is we're training them and equipping them, then they're going out to the Muslims and others. And they wear the clothes, they already speak the language, they actually like the food. Now, I like some of the food as well. My kids love the food, but they're willing to go where it's hot and it's hard and it's difficult, and we're able to train over 3,000 of them. We also were able to bring a course called the Perspectives in World Missions course, which gives them a, a very broad understanding of missions to denominational leaders. And we've been able to train 323 denominational leaders in the perspectives course, which really opens their eyes. They support their own missionaries very, very well. So a real ministry of multiplication. And, and you know, we talk about the thousand urban outreaches and a thousand evangelistic film and 3,000 and meals and all this kind of a thing. But actually, it comes down to the individuals. It comes down to the people, the people that Jesus wants us to reach. And these precious street children. I mean, if you can imagine this, we find these kids on the streets, sometimes the age of six, seven years old. You know, just imagine any kids that you know that are six or seven on the streets fighting for their food, eating out of the garbage, being abused. But the Lord is allowing us to be a part of rescuing hundreds of them. We're also ministering to needy women. 
Muslim converts, abused women, widows, and many others in need, giving them vocational training so that they can take care of themselves and their children. There's still leprosy in Nigeria. And we're able to touch the lepers. And then when we touch them, their hearts open. And they receive Jesus. There's also still a lot of polio there. And we're able to give away more than 100 of these wheelchairs every year. And it's a wonderful sight. I've told you about it before. But these folks come. They, they crawl on the ground. And they get into their little wheelchair. You know, we share the gospel with them. And we tell them the love of Jesus is free, just like this wheelchair. And then all of a sudden, they have mobility. And their faces brighten up. And, of course, I cry every time. Unfortunately, it's mostly the Muslims that have the leprosy and the polio. They're not willing to take the Christian medicine. You see, they've been told that this medicine that comes from these Christians don't take it, and they end up getting leprosy, and they get polio. But we are able to minister to them as well. We also have the girls. These are little girls. You know, we've talked so many year after year. We talk about all the boys that we take care of. But we have now a thriving ministry to girls. We have about 85 girls in the ministry. These are girls that just get to the streets or they're about to get to the streets because there's no life in Nigeria for a girl on the streets except prostitution. And we do minister to the prostitutes, but we want to get them before they become prostitutes. And we actually just started our first center for older girls. That's a British missionary that works with us. Some of you know her if you've been to Nigeria. Her name is Nikki. And she helped us to start a new center for the older girls that are getting ready to transition into life. So ministry in Nigeria is awesome, but there are those in Nigeria that are hurting. And so let me just tell you a couple quick stories and then we'll be done. Uh, if you remember from the Bible, there was a woman who bled for 12 years. So if you look here a little earlier, later today, earlier in Matthew chapter 9, regarding those individuals I talk about that make up the harvest, this is one of the stories. It's about the woman who bled for 12 years. Remember, she touched Jesus. Jesus touched her, and she was healed. Well, we have a woman in the ministry. Uh, her name is Precious, and uh, actually, she wasn't in the ministry before. She had an affliction in the village for the same 12 long years. It's called the VVF problem. Some of you have probably heard about it before. What happens is it's mostly in Muslim communities a Muslim man will take a girl to be his wife when she is too young to be able to deliver a baby, but she becomes pregnant, and then she's in labor for a long time, and, and she ends up being torn. This is what happened to Precious. She was taken when she was young. She became pregnant. She actually was uh, laboring for several days, and her baby died within her, and then she was torn, and she began to leak urine, and she began to smell. And then, because she smelled, her husband left her. And because that was a shame to the family that the husband left, the family rejected her. So she lost her baby. She lost her husband. She lost her family. And she lost her health. And Precious was harassed. And she was helpless. And she lived like that for 12 years. And then she heard about a program in the mission hospital, actually where we used to live, our ministry and many others bring these types of women from different parts of Nigeria to the mission hospital where they get a free procedure to be able to heal this problem. And she heard about this, even though she was 10 hours away. 
she heard about it, but she had no money, and, and no one in the village would give her money to be able to go to the hospital. So she got some seeds, and, and she took the seeds, and she planted the seeds, and she grew some vegetables, and then she sold the vegetables in order to get bus fare to go to the hospital. And she came and she paid the, the bus driver, and he took her money and he said, well, because of your condition, you can't ride with the other people, the other passengers. You need to ride in the back where the luggage is, where the baggage is. And so she rode in the bus in the back, and, and she finally came to Evangel Hospital where she was able to meet other people like her. And for the first time, she found acceptance. And she found love, but precious was harassed and helpless, and she needed Jesus as her Savior. Another story from earlier in Matthew chapter 9 is the story of the little girl. If you remember, she was sick, and then actually she died. And then Jesus came and touched her, and she rose, and, and she became alive. You remember that story? Well, we have a girl in the ministry who was almost killed. Her name is Mercy. And Mercy was in a, a village outside of where we're at. And uh, her parents died of some kind of an illness. And she was so sad and she was crying and she was so upset and she was in a hut. And all of a sudden she heard a, a noise and, and people coming and they came. And they came into the hut and they grabbed her, and they dragged her out of the hut, and they started to beat her, and they started to say, you killed your parents using witchcraft and other things, which was not true. And they were beating her up, and some wanted to kill her, and some didn't want to kill her. And in the midst of that confusion, someone rescued her and hid her and then brought her to us in the ministry. And now she's in one of our main centers, and she's safe. But Mercy was harassed and helpless, and she needed Jesus as her Savior. And you see, there's people in Nigeria that are harassed and helpless. There's people in the Bible, but there's people all around you that are going through a hard time. And the Lord is preparing their hearts. And he so much wants you to pray for them. And then he wants to use you and others to go, tell, and touch from the heart. Would you do that? Would you pray for people? Would you fill out that Jesus list? Would you take the time to do that and to pray over it. Keep it in your Bible. Pray for them. Watch what God does. Watch as your heart begins to open up to them. Watch as you begin to see them where they're really at. And then go. Tell and touch from the heart. I've used my hands today because I want you to be able to remember what we talked about so you can apply it. And what I'd like you to do is, I'd like you to remember that they're all around you. And I told you a little bit before about John. And the reason that I know so much about John 
is because I am John. Those were my houses that were on television. Those were our racehorses. I used to fly to the races in a helicopter. And I'm so grateful because I wasn't interested in the gospel. I didn't know I was, but the Lord was working in my heart, and I didn't look like I was. But someone took a chance to pray for me, and somebody took a chance to share the gospel with me. And I'm so grateful. And there's Johns all around you, maybe not with that much money, but they're around you, people that don't look like they want to receive Jesus, but God is preparing their hearts. Would you pray for them? Would you go tell and touch from the heart? And as we conclude, as we've been using our hands, because I want you to remember it, I want you to have this little handout in your Bible, and I want you to think about it. Let's think about the hands of Jesus and all that Jesus went through and how he sacrificed that others might be there with us. That he might be their shepherd. And let's reach out to them, envisioning the day that we'll all be there with Jesus and with them. That is my heart's desire. How about you?